He said that the word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. It's good to be with you. Good to have you here. We're going to do our membership class in two parts, this week and next week. We'll share a little bit about who we are, about what we've been through, some of the situations as we go. But uh, a lot of it will be about what we believe. And then next week, we'll really start talking and focusing on living the abundant life. You know, if you're a part of Victory Christian Center, you're a part of any church where God is alive and acknowledged as, as really the one who sent Jesus Christ, the only way to heaven and all of those, I believe that your life should be, uh, it should be ex- just living in ecstatic state, that you should be happy, you should be excited. Not that we don't go through things, we all go through things, but even in the midst of things, we're living abundantly, above and not beneath, and we're the head and not the tail. So we'll talk about that over the next couple of days, Elizabeth and I both sharing. But I wanted to take just a moment, and you know, God knows all about you. He knows exactly who you are. He knows the situations that you're going through. And, and I would just encourage you in this, that, that He knows so much about you, that He knew you were going to be here at Easter, John. He knew you would be here tonight in this place. He knew you would be here last year if that's when you started and and he began to work years and years and years before that to put a vision and to, to bring two people together to put a vision in their heart to come to this town and, and start this church to plow the ground to really work through the hard times to really go through the tough times to build a foundation that this church would be in a place that when you show up on easter we're here and what you received was real you know, our founding pastors, pastors Pam and Bill Mickler, you know, they, they got together back in the 80s, early 80s, in 79, 80, and 81 in our lives. And I was, I'm Pastor Pam's son, Pastor Bill's son. And, and those, were, those were some moving and wild and exciting times and years for us. And you've heard most of the testimonies, and you've heard hers, and you've heard a little bit of mine, as I've shared over the last couple of weeks. But I, I just wanted to let you know that, that God knows who you are. And if you're here today, he put this church in this city for you. Because he knew you would be here. But even more importantly, if you feel lost, you feel like you can't do the things that God's put in your heart to do, you're not sure what he's called you to do, and you just don't, you're just not sure he really is real, let me tell you what, he is real. He took these two folks who lived in opposite sides of the country. Pastor Bill lived here. She lived out in Tulsa with us at the time. She, he brought her back, put them miraculously, put them together. Names in the night kind of stuff. You know, not, not just, uh, you know, you ran into each other at a party and you said hello and you got asked out on a date. Like, Pastor Bill sitting on the side of the bed and saying, Gone, I really, I don't really want to go on. If you don't, if you don't have anybody for me, I, I really just, man, I just don't want to go on anymore. And in his heart, he heard Pam Mickler, Pam Skelton at the time. And it'd be weird if it's Pam Mickler, wouldn't it? He heard Pam Skelton. And he knew the name, he knew of her, and, you know, this was a small town at the time, and, and he knew who she was, and... She had had him on her heart, but couldn't figure out why, so she's not wanting to call men, and you know all the crazy story that went on, and eventually they found each other, and uh, after about a date, I think they both walked away and realized that God was doing something, and within a month or two, they were married, we were excited, we were, we were on our way to being a big happy family, and uh, on our way again in just a short period of time to packing our truck and moving to Tulsa again, after we just got here. But God was doing something. And you know, sometimes when God does something in your life, you know, he takes you to a place. Not saying he's going to move you away, but maybe he takes you to a place where he can get your attention and he can begin to talk to you and where you need to learn to listen and talk to him. 
Let him teach you, let him guide you, and let him instruct you. Pastor Pam knew that she was called to be in the ministry somehow. Pastor Bill wasn't real sure. But when he, when he went to Tulsa to find the meaning of his life, he enrolled in Victory Bible Institute through all kinds of different situations and stories. He went through there. God began to show him the meaning of his life. And after a few years there, running the Bible school, being pastors there, helping Pastor Billy Joe and Sharon Doherty at Victory Christian Center there in Tulsa, helping them do the things that God put in their heart to do, God began to speak to them about coming back to Lafayette, Indiana and starting a church. Pastor Pam knew about that, of course, like many wives, well before the husband. And for many of you wives, that's probably not the time to tell your husband. Give him a moment to understand. But she began to pray. And Pastor Bill began to adamantly say, it's not going back to Lafayette. And he tried to go to Indianapolis. Thank God he didn't. You know, he tried to go. He would drive through Indianapolis. They would come here. All of his past was here. Let me tell you what, God can turn your past around for good. Romans 8, 28. God will turn your past. He'll turn those things around for good in your life because you love him and you're called according to his purpose. And Pastor Bill had a lot of hurt here. He had a lot of past here and he had a lot of things that didn't go right when he came here. But he said, okay, God, I'll do what you asked me to do. And they came here and they started this church. We started over on uh, Teal Road, over across from the old football stadium there, across from Tecumseh, lower level of the bank building. You all know the story. It's not called the basement. It's the lower level. It sounds much better. It's still flooded when it rained. You can call it whatever you want, lower level or the basement. It's still flooded when it rained. So uh, it was in 1989 that they came in July and started the church. Elizabeth and I were in Oklahoma. We were still living there. We'd just gotten married in June. They moved right away, right after we got married. Apparently, we drove them right out of town and right to Lafayette. So it must be you because they were with me my whole life. So it must be something about you. They knew I finally was in good hands and so they could go away. So a little bit more about that in a second. But they came here. They started, they started a work from nothing. They lived with, they lived with the in-laws and Pastor Pam's parents. I mean, they, 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 they did everything they could to follow after God and to do what he called them to do. To stand as a man and a woman of integrity. To, to lay a foundation for each one of us. Whether it was Victory Bible Institute or whether it was now the membership class. Or whether it was mentoring or, or whatever it was that they had in their heart that they felt like God said to do. They followed after God. They did what he asked. We've seen God's hand move in this church for years. And thank God that we have the foundation that we do. Thank God that we can come into a church where we know that it's based and founded on the word of God. Uncompromising principles of the word. That people have gone before us for 21 and a half years and, and just laid their life down. That's right. Not for a building, not for, not for bricks and mortar and carpet, but for the lives of the people who will forever be changed. We can't be more thankful for all of that. And we really are humbled by the opportunity then to take the mantle and then to continue on. But we really are thankful. Many of you are fruits of their sacrifice and of their labor. But there are many others who have gone on and done other things who are part of that as well. And only God knows the countless number of, of people's lives who have been changed because they came here and were faithful and obedient to do what God said. So we're very thankful. So give them a hand. Pastor Bill's not here tonight, but give Pastor Pam a hand. You know, the vision of Victory Christian Center is what God put in their heart. And the vision was really to, to share and to bring the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus to everybody. Both locally and globally, we kind of added that and tacked that on as the years grew. But we've always been involved in missions, always been involved globally. Pastor Pam, Pastor Bill have all been around the world. I've been around Elizabeth. Many of you have gone with us on different trips here or there, and whether it be Europe or whether it be South. Wherever we're going, Mexico, 
we we have a we have a world vision in this church it's not just about lafayette but let me tell you it is about lafayette god put us here for a reason to change this community forever and to continue to plow the field that he's put in front of us so we'll continue to plow it with this vision to help people find jesus and to help them know him more and that's the way it was always explained that's the way it's always been stated and that's the way it's always been lived in this church and i believe that it will continue to be that way as we grow amen and we have, uh, in our visitor packet, we have a why. You know, we have who we are, where we are, you know, those kind of things. But we also have a why. And the reason why we put that in there is because we wanted to say why we do what we do. Why do we exist? Why are we here? And the thing that, that we uh, stated was we all need to know the love of Jesus and the plan orchestrated by God for our lives. Whether you find yourself hopeless and discouraged or pressing forward in your spiritual journey, we exist to help you connect with Jesus and his plan for your life. Because we believe that when you get connected with that plan, your life will be fruitful. When you know who he is, when you know what he's about, when you say, okay, God, this is where you have for me to go, and I am going to follow you with all of my heart, it doesn't matter where you are in that journey you will begin to be fruitful, and you will begin to be who he's called you to be, and you will begin to show those examples in your life. So uh, to kind of wrap up the vision, that's why we do what we do, is so that each person who walks in the door can begin to connect with that plan and can begin to be fruitful in their life. Yeah. You know, Elizabeth and I, as we met at ORU, <clears throat> we, were, we were both very different people. Many, many of you that are married might understand and know that, that maybe you were different when you started out. It's always those things that you loved about them and thought you were exactly alike, that when you got married, you found out that's what wanted to drive you apart, that kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, what we found in our lives were we, were we were very different people. We were both raised very differently in, in many aspects, but we were raised probably the most importantly in the correct aspect. We were raised to follow the Word of God and to know, know Jesus, to learn to love Him more, to hear his voice and follow him, to live by faith. We had parents who loved God and who poured themselves into us, poured all that he was into us. We both had gone different directions. We both had kind of turned our back and went our own way. That's where we found each other. <laughs> I saved you. I know. Well, look at it. I'm so thankful. <laughs> <laughs> the story is heinous, and it's, uh, it, it's worthy of movie stuff. Um, I was, I was dating her best friend and, and her roommate, and I would drop her off and pick her up and take her out. Uh, we planned our schedule together at school so that uh, I knew my girlfriend would be at work so I could spend all my time with her. And so we weren't necessarily probably what you would call the most admirable folks at that time, but we were just friends. We really were just friends. We didn't really re- realize that God had put us together. Uh, that he that he really we did. We didn't want a relationship with each other either. We were just friends. We were really just friends till the end, and then and then but, we were more than friends. Right, we were. <laughs> we weren't just friends anymore. <laughs> but let me tell you this: God will put somebody in your life. What did you say? What did you say? I didn't say anything. Just keep going. Just talk over the laughter. If you're a parent here, I will encourage you to pray for your children. We believe that it's, that, that it's imperative that your children end up with the right mate, with right. the right spouse at the right time. And uh, we're, we're examples. Her parents, of course, were praying for her. 
that she would that she would continue to walk in the path that God had for her, that she would have the mate that God had for her, that when I showed up on the scene, they even took me in. They liked me, and they said nice things about me, and uh, I was really surprised. I was really surprised, too. <laughs> Never met me before, man. I, like, showed up on their doorstep a little bit messed up, if you know what I mean, and just said, I'm going to marry your daughter. And so uh, that, they, they said, that's fantastic. Uh, and they began to speak the same things over him that they spoke over me. Yep. <laughs> we're not going to look at this. We're just going to we're gonna speak the word. We're going to speak the word. We're not going to look. We're going to speak the word. That's what we're going to do. We're just going to speak the word. And he's a great man of God. Let's go. <laughs> I even told him at the time. I told them because I wanted, I wanted to be as, I wanted to, of course. I mean, you're talking to the parents of the woman that you love and you want to marry. So I was trying to move myself in the best light. And I told them, yeah, we're going to go back and we're going to help our parents, my parents with their church. We're going to be all involved. I'm thinking, whatever. But, I, you know, I'm saying all this because, you know, that's who they are. You know, they're the parents. And so I'm trying to impress them with my abilities and all of my talent and all of these things without falling over in my mashed potatoes. But, you know, uh, it, what you say comes to pass. Yes, amen. What you say comes to pass. And, and they had had lots of practice because I am the baby of four. There are four, and there's ten-year gap. And so they had a lot of experience speaking over things that they saw that they needed to be different. Um, all of my brothers and sisters had an opportunity to just go wild, apparently. And uh, so... <laughs> And, and, and I was no different, but because I was a baby, I was brought up in an atmosphere where, you know, they'd already kind of got it together, like spiritually, like, you know, speaking, speaking in tongues and all those kind of things. We, I grew up in a full gospel church. So all of that was never a foreign idea to me. You know, it was, I, I was one, like, what are you going to do? You're one, you, you know? And so there was never any kind of thing that I had to work through to get all this, you know, full gospel thing and uh so i grew up knowing who god was and i grew up knowing that my parents would say you know it didn't matter i mean he could say do whatever you want to do but it you know because they trusted that i heard from god and they trusted that i was following my heart because of what god said that that it would be okay so they began to speak what they what they wanted to see and my mom was getting ready and Pastor Bill to move. And they knew that they were getting ready to leave. And I was still in this mess going back and forth between these two girls. But I really loved Elizabeth. And uh, she, she was the one that I knew that, that God had for me. Isn't that nice to say that? Is that okay? I know. Was. I know. <laughs> but I knew she was. But my, my mother was praying, God, we're leaving. And, and you must get this boy with the right girl. Because I don't know that we can leave. And I don't know that we can go do this thing that you've called us to do with him out here wavering between two opinions, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> How long shall you waver between two opinions? For me, it was on, the, on Highway 44 in between Tulsa and Oklahoma City when she pulled over driving the car and said, what's it going to be, me or her? And I thought, I am 60 miles from home. I love you. <laughs> and this is 1987, man. I, I love no you a lot, and there's no cell phones. 1989, and I, I, I love you. You are the one for me. At least for the next 65 miles, and then we'll see what happens after that. But, um, <laughs> I didn't care who he picked. It was just time to pick. Right, just pick We're one. We're done. Right. <laughs> but, uh, pray for all you want, but I'm out. <laughs> continue to pray for your children. 
Because they will end up with the right people. Yes, amen. They will end up with the right people. And speak that, speak that over the people that they're with, speak that over their friends, speak that over their, their lives, and speak that over their, their, their future mates as well. Because as they did that, I, I know that was very important in me and in her uh, in finding each other at the right time. So uh, we, we came back here, we learned to grow, we learned to live in faith, we began to serve, we began to, to do things here once we got our life straight. Uh, you know, for the last 15, 16, 18 years now, I think. I don't even know how long. Six, 17 years we've been serving here in, in every capacity that you can serve. Uh, we, we've been everything. We've been the children's pastors. We've been everything a couple times. We've been the youth pastors a couple times, the children's pastors. We've been the children's helpers. We've, been, we've worked in the nursery till we spilled coffee on a baby. So if you want to get out of the nursery, there's no coffee in the nursery anymore. That's because of us. Uh, and... It's, it's rules. It wasn't real hot. It wasn't real hot. It was it lukewarm. It just stained them. It didn't burn them. Right. <laughs> I used to drop the offering off until I left saying. it in my car one night, so that got taken away from me. You are in great hands. I'm just telling you, we've learned some stuff over the years. We've learned a lot. I got a call at school. said, where's the offering? I said, I don't know. I dropped it off. They said, well, it's not at the bank. And I said, oh, it might be under the seat of my car. <laughs> Out in the parking lot. Let me go look. They took my key away. That was back in the day of Mel Hughes. They my never key. gave me keys because they knew my track. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I've used that prayer. You know, when you, seriously, when you can't find something, if you pray that prayer, God will show you I found. I am the finder of many things. That's correct. <laughs> because I don't always pay attention to where I set down my things. So that prayer does work. Testify. <laughs> Well, we, we've, been, we've been involved everywhere. And so, and so we have really, in our heart, learned, learned to serve and, and really got to the point in our lives where we were comfortable serving. And that was about the time when God decided to change things around. So in your life, you know, you, you have to become comfortable in where he's called you to be and not be concerned about where you're going. If you get comfortable where you are, he'll begin to change things yes. so that you end up where you're supposed to be. And you've heard me share that over the last bunch of months. So that isn't anything new. But we have membership class here really for a few reasons, but mainly so that we all understand and know what we believe in this church, where we stand, where we've been, of course, I suppose, where we are, and, and where, where we're going and what God's doing. And so it, it says in Amos 3.3 that how can two walk together unless they walk in unity? That if you're a member and a part of this body and a part of this church, you stand in unity with the pastors and the leadership of this church as we go the direction we're supposed to go. We'll talk about some things that we do believe. You can always go back to that, that six-part series that I preached through January and February that went through many of the things that the title was, I Believe. And it was God really putting in my heart and st stabilizing in my heart the things that I believe, the things that I had in my heart. But one of the scriptures that we've stood on forever in this church is Ephesians 4.3. That we always endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That unity is, is the, the utmost important part as you continue to walk together. That the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are one. They're in unity. They will never cross each other. They will never con contradict each other. The things that the Holy Spirit tells you will only confirm the things that, God is, that, that God's Word says. Hey, it does not go back and forth. It does not go two different directions, and neither do we. We walk in unity here as the pastors of this church. We walk in unity in the leadership of this church. And as a congregant or as a member of this church, you choose to walk in unity with us. If you don't walk in unity with us, that's fantastic, but you might be walking somewhere else because I probably won't change and we will continue to stay in unity as we go the direction that we're supposed to go. So just know that. That's very important to us. It's of the utmost importance of the leadership of this church, the board of trustees, and the pastors too. 
And we also see it as a, as a partnership. Like when you go through the membership class, you know, and we talk about what we believe and we, and we cast vision and those kind of things, you're kind of saying, okay, we're in it with you. We're partnering with you for this vision and we are going forward. You know, this bears witness with our heart. And we're, this is something that we believe is truth. And we, can, and we can saddle up with you and we can be a part of this and, and become partners with you in what you're doing. Yeah, you know, as we get to what we believe on your list there, there's, there are a few things, and we'll hit most of them. I think one of them we're going to wait till next week. But really the first and foremost thing that we have to understand and know, and we all really uh, should believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Amen. that he died on the cross for us, and that we have an opportunity at that point when he died on the cross, shed his blood and rose again like we talk about at Easter and many other times, that that was an opportunity for us to have right relationship, to be born again, to invite Jesus into our life. And then to, that's the start. That's the beginning. So I don't think there's any place that we could begin other than that. And uh, we always use this new life in this, in this church. It's a book written by Billy Joe Doherty, and we give it out when people get saved. It's one of the greatest books that I've ever, I've ever read that explains some of the most basic principles, what we believe here in this church. So if you have that, go home, check it out. But we'll go through some of the things tonight. It starts out uh, with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a very respected man. He was, very, he was very learned in the Jewish ways. And he came to Jesus at night and probably, it says in my commentary, probably because uh, he wanted to maintain his reputation. He was fearful. But he, but he approached him as a teacher. He said, teacher, what do you mean that we must be born again? And he said, explain that to me. And Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So to... to go to heaven or to receive your salvation you have to be born again it says and then jesus in five said most assuredly i say to you unless one is born of water which would be your physical birth and born of the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of god that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit do not marvel what i say to you the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and whether it goes so everyone who is born is of the spirit so he was saying, you know, it, it, up until this point, it's just been physical birth, and you've had to follow the law and all this kind of things, but there's something new coming, and you're going to have to be born again to receive it. Yeah, and you know, you're, you're, you're definitely a, an eternal being in a temporary world. You know, I think many people just assume that when they die, that's it, that's the end, but when you die, that's not the end. The life you live on this earth is a short, a short just a short span compared to eternity. And you're going to, you're eternal being, so you're going to live in eternity somewhere. It will be heaven or it will be hell. And the choice is yours, the choice is mine, and the choice is everybody that walks out there on those streets that you pass each day. And so I think it's very important that people realize that we understand and know that, that we're going to live forever somewhere. This time's going to pass. Where are you going to be and what are you going to do? The reason that Pastor Pam and Bill came and started this church here in Lafayette was to bring love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus and all of that. But really, first and foremost, to bring people to Jesus. Yes. Because that is sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness. That's what it's all about. Jesus loved them so much that he died on the cross for them. He accepts them where they are and the sin and the mess that they live in. And he forgives them for those things. And he brings them and adopts them into his household. That's just the essence of the vision that we have in this church. And then you're saved by, by his mercy and by his grace, not by works. You know... You could ask someone, are you saved? And they'll say, well, I'm a good person. Well, that, yay for you, but uh, that'll keep you out of trouble, but it's not going to get you to heaven. <laughs> you 
You know, it, it's by the grace of God and by the mercy of God that we're saved. In, in Titus, it says, not by the works of righteousness, which we've done, but according to his mercy, he saves us. And in Ephesians 2, it says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift from God. It's something that's free. It's something that you can't earn. There's no way you can earn your salvation. There's no way you can be good enough to earn it. And there's no way that you can be bad enough to get away from it, to not, it's a gift either way. And so in that place, it's God's mercy and God's grace that you're saved. It has nothing to do with you, nothing to do with your merit, nothing to do with any decisions you made. It's, it's through his grace. And it's a decision that you have to make for yourself. Now, I was talking with Hallie Grace, and uh, I got the opportunity to bring her over here when she was going to record her video. And she was talking, she said, you know, she, she wanted to know about sprinkling. And she, got, she goes, I can't, that's just a decision that you should get to make for yourself, to follow God, to love God. You should get to make that decision yourself. And I said, well, that's kind of what the way God set it up, is you get to make that decision yourself. Nobody else can make it for you. When you get old enough to decide that, that you know right from wrong and you know all those kind of things and someone tells you about Jesus and you get to decide if you want that, if you want him to be the Lord of your life. He doesn't come and say, you need to be saved. He gently knocks on the door of your heart. And then you get to decide whether uh, you open it or not. But in Romans it says um, that with the heart you believe to salvation and with the mouth confession i with the heart you believe to righteousness and with the mouth you you get salvation so it's it's a heart decision and it's, it's not, you have to say it and you have to believe it in your heart if you believe in your heart that jesus is the son of god and you speak it with your mouth then you are saved one of the things that we have the most difficult time and maybe you have in some of the situations that you've had as you talk to people as well but you know, when, when people get their lives changed, and they, they want to tell you all the things that they still are. You know, and it's not just a revelation of the fact that we're saved and that we're born again, but we also believe that when you, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it says that he makes you a new creature in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, old things have passed away, and behold, all things have been made new. And so at that point, you may still be wandering around in some areas of your life, but the door is open. You know, I was sharing with somebody the other day, and I, and I said, you know, there's nothing wrong with a 12-step program. But with that confession that says, I am an alcoholic, that bothers me, and I bristle at that a little bit because, you know what, I used to be, but I'm not anymore. Right. See, I used to be, but I'm not anymore. I don't have to say that over and over and over again because I know the truth says I'm a new creature in Christ. I choose each day to wake up and put on the, the new man. I don't put on the old man. I put on the new man in Christ. And the scriptures are listed on your thing, and you can check that out. But that's one of the things that, that as you grow in Christ, people have to come to a revelation of on their own. Not just that they're saved, but that, you know what, the past is the past. Right. And that they are a new creature, and that things have changed, and that they are brand Oh, but I still make mistakes. We all make mistakes. That's not who you are. You were a sinner. You're not a sinner anymore. Because a sinner is a person that has the sin nature. That's what came with Adam when he sinned. But we are people who have God's nature on the inside and alive of us, alive on the inside of us by the power of the Holy Spirit because Jesus Christ died on the cross and we received him into our life. And what that did was it crowded out the old man and it cast, he's gone. He's not there anymore. He is dead. And now you are not that person anymore. You don't have a sin nature. You have God's nature. And it's impossible for God to sin. Right. 
Now, you will make mistakes and you will sin and you'll mess up. But the deal is, you have an opportunity to ask forgiveness and to change. That's not who you are. That's what you did. Right. So you make mistakes and you do mess up, but that's not who you are. You're not categorized by the things that you do anymore. You're categorized as a child of God in his house and his family. The adopted child doesn't get drug out every time they do something wrong. The adopted child doesn't get drug out every time they have a thought that says, you know what, I don't know if I'm part of this house. They don't get drug out. What do they do? They get brought in. They get brought in closer. And we're all adopted into his house. We're all part of who he has. He's provided us freedom. You're not bound anymore. You're not held back. Talking to somebody in that same situation, you said, man, every now and then those surges come back. Well, yes, they're going to come back, but you're free from them. They don't rule over you. You are free from them. Those urges still come back to each and every one of us. Whatever you were into before, you, you still have opportunities and times in your life, no matter how long you've been saved, that the devil doesn't bring that around. I saw one person one time bring up this old dude up to service, and he was like 80 years old. They said, sir, how long have you served God? He said, for 50 years. And he said, well, are you still plagued by, by thoughts? And are you still plagued by situations? And are you still tempted by the enemy? And are you still pushed around a little bit here and there and have to stand your ground firm in faith? And he said, yes. After 50 years, I said, buddy, it's all right. You're free. You're free from the law of sin and death. You are free. You have to walk that way. And every time those things come, every time those urges come, you have to remind yourself who you are in Christ. You have to remind yourself that you're the new man, not the old man. You have to remind yourself that you're free. And you have to remind yourself that God has absolutely obliterated sin for you if you'll follow him. That there is remission of sin if you make mistakes. And that that sin is taken away and taken out of your life. You don't have to pay pittance. You just have to ask forgiveness. And that's what being born again and being a part of his household is all about. He takes care of you. He watches over you. He protects you. And he (laughs) forgives you. He stands the gap for you. And he always makes the way. Amen. Righteousness is the second part of this, or the next part. And righteousness talks about being in right standing with God. And just like salvation is a free gift righteousness is a free gift you know you you put on a robe of righteousness when you're saved and every time you sin you don't take it off you have you have right standing with god it it it's something that's given to you uh it's something that you that that you can't get rid of we all have righteousness once you're saved that's part of who you are you're in right standing with God. Yeah, Romans 5.17 talks about the fact that, that it's a gift. It says, For if by one man's offense, that's Adam, like we talked about, death reigned through that one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in this life through the one Jesus Christ. Righteousness, we feel, is so important. It's part of BBI, Victory Bible Institute. We have a whole class devoted to righteousness. People have a difficult time understanding grace, difficult time understanding the mercy that God gives us, the fact that he does love us enough to forgive us, that he loves us enough to forget it, not just forgive it, but forget it and to bring you into right standing with him. It says that it's a free gift. He says that he's going to give it to you and that if you will open it up and receive it, you'll be able to reign in this life. Why? Because you won't walk in condemnation. You won't walk in guilt. You won't walk in fear. You won't walk in inferiority because you know who you are in Christ. That class will change your life if you're struggling with situations, if you're struggling with past, if you're struggling with stuff that you've been through. I would encourage you, contact the office, info at victorylafayette.org, or talk to Sandy or Chris or Heather. They'll get you hooked up. They'll get you started in that. That class is a great class because it just reinforces the fact that he died on the cross, that he shed his blood for you, for me, so that we could have right standing with him. For us, we don't understand that. In the natural, many times, it's difficult to get 
because we're such a forgive and then I'll tell you what, eventually maybe someday I'll forget it. That's the kind of people that we are in this world. That's the kind of, of natural nature that many people have. We've grown up that way. We're accustomed to that. We actually say, okay, you're right, I deserve it. But that's not the case with Christ. That's not the case with the Word of God. The Word of God says, I forgive you and I forget, and now you walk clean as if you had never done that before. You stand right here beside me and you can communicate with me. See, the great thing about the garden was there was not sin. And that God walked with Adam and he walked with Eve and he had relationship with them and it said he talked with them and he spent time with them and he loved them. But then when sin entered into the world, that went away. And at that point then, they couldn't communicate with God. Think about it, there were two of them. There wasn't a priest, there wasn't a king, there wasn't just one. They could both talk to God, they could both share with him. But then when sin entered in, then that all changed. And the common normal man, like all of us, we couldn't talk to God, we couldn't hear from God, we had to wait for the priest to tell us what he said. But Jesus came, why? Yes, to die on the cross so that we could have salvation, but so God could have relationship with us again and He could communicate. Because He can only communicate with... God is righteous and He can only communicate with righteous man. So He had to make a way by the shedding of blood. That sacrifice had to be committed. There had to, it had to be done. The blood had to be shed so that He could have that, that communication with us again. So that there, there could be that, that opportunity to have relationship. That's why He created man in the first place. It wasn't just something else to do. It was because he wanted somebody to have fellowship with and to have relationship with. And that's you and that's me. Amen. And there's no fear and there's no inferiority in Christ. You know, we, in, um, in 1 John 4, 18, it says, Perfect love casts out all fear. In 2 Timothy 1, 17, it says that we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You know, Perfect love casts out all fear. If you absolutely know that someone loves you, you don't have to fear about what happens. If you absolutely know that whatever you do, they're still going to be there, you can step right. You can step out and do whatever it is you need to do because you know that they're going to be standing right there. And even with the limitations that we have on this earth, we've known people who love us that way. Or we, you know, but this goes far and beyond that. Because we are, we are in right standing with him. Because he sought us out. He's looking for a relationship with each of us. He loves each of us. He wants to be a part of what we're doing. And when we realize that and when we give ourselves over to that, it says that perfect love casts out all fear. And so when God says, will you do this for me? You can say yes. Because you know that he's right there. You know that he's, that he's got your back. You know that he's going to be holding you up in his right hand. You know, that's, that's one of the things when we were doing baptism tonight that I just felt to pray was that, that the love of God would support them. That the love of God would encamp, encamp around them and that they would know that. Because it's, it's through the love of God. It's through knowing that love and being connected with that love and, and feeling that love that God has for us through his word, through the, the righteous act of his son. It's through those connections that we know that we're able to walk forward, that we're able to go on with him. And we don't have to, to be inferior. We're not worms. We don't have to pay for our sins. Jesus already did that. 
We're not inferior because of who, who's on the inside of us. Because of that righteousness, that right standing, we get to go forward. Mm-hmm. You know, it says in, in uh, James, in, in chapter 5, I think 16, it says that the effective and fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. You know, not, not only are we born again and we're new creatures, but we're righteous in Christ. And therefore, since we have right standing with him, we're in his household, we can communicate with him and we can talk to him. And we know it says, you know, in First John that the prayers and the things that we ask according to his will, we can have confidence and know that he hears us. And not just that, that he hears us, but that we have those things that we've yes. asked for. Why? Because we're righteous. Right. And our prayers are effective. Our prayers, our, our prayers have power. Our, our, the words that you speak are important. All of those things go directly to the ear of God. And as you begin to, to, to line up with His will for your life, you pray according to the Word of God. You're standing in righteousness as you follow after Him and walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. You're putting yourself in a powerful place. You know, to the point where, just like it said, you know, as, as the, the centurion came to Jesus and said, you know, my, my servant, is, he's not well. And, and Jesus said, well, I'll go there. And He said, just speak the Word. He understood how important it was to speak the right word. That if Jesus spoke it, it would be done. Right. In your life, your prayers are that powerful. Because you're part of his family, you're part of his household. And the things that you speak in line with his will for your life and the word of God, he will back. You don't have to back them. You don't have to, you don't have to make the way. You don't have to provide. He will take care of all that. Right. But you do have to pray. You do have to speak. But understand the authority and the power that you have when you do that. You, and it has to, you have to speak. Speak what the word says, and it has to come out of your mouth. There's no way around it. You, and, and it says um, in First Peter 3.12, it says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. He's waiting to hear from you. It says that the angels are waiting to, to, to do the word. To do the work that 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 you you know that you've put out there to do, and in Daniel it says he it says that he prayed and he prayed and he prayed, and, and the angel said, "I've come for your words. Your prayers are powerful. When you speak, it's powerful. When you stand, it's powerful." And, and you know, a lot of this makes sense to us. Many you know, many of us have been saved for a long time. Many of you know Jesus for a while, and you've walked and you've matured and you've. You followed after him and you've lived by faith. So it, 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 it makes sense, you know, when we, when we talk about these things. But nowhere when you're saved does someone send you a little badge, a little card in the mail that says you're saved. Now, the church might send you something that says, you know, you received Jesus on this date. But that's no assurance. <laughs> right? The robe of righteousness doesn't deli- get delivered to your house via UPS or God PS or whatever. And, you know, ding dong and an angel standing there with the robe of righteousness. And you don't wake up the next morning. And, and walk out and, and see that, that, you know, hey, look, you know, there's the gift. And you lay down and you open it. I mean, that doesn't happen. You, you receive all of these things. And probably as we talk about it, salvation, of course, is most important to us because it allows us to be close to God, have relationship with him. But all of it operates by faith. That, that, that all of the promises of God, that all of the things that He has for us, the appropriation of all, all of the good things and the greatness of God is, is all done, received in your life and performed through your life by faith. Those things don't show up. But you have to understand, and many of you do, and you realize that your salvation, you're as sure as salvation as you are that if you turn the light switch off, all the lights would go off. That when you walk into a dark room and turn the light, the lights are going to come on. That tomorrow when you wake up, the sun will rise. I mean, I can't talk you out of your salvation. 
Why? I, I know it's true. It says in the Word that your spirit will bear witness with his spirit that you're saved. It says that that's true. But, but how do you, you know that by faith? Everything that you understand and get a revelation of in the Word of God is done by faith. That we all start in the same place. You started the same place as I started, same place as Pastor Pam, same place as Pastor Bill. We've all been given a measure of faith. Faith is in Hebrews 11.1, 1, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We believe in this church that faith really truly is believing. That it's, a, that it's not just a thing that comes out of your mouth, but it's an action that follows that word. That those two things go together. And that when your words match up with your actions in your life, you are walking by faith and growing in the things that God has for you. Right. That's true. And faith comes through the word in um, Romans ten seventeen. it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, if you want to understand faith, start explaining some of these things to a kid. Because <laughs> when you explain them to a kid, they just get it. They don't question it. They mm. don't second guess it. They just get it. You know, when, when I was little, I, when I would get hurt, I would go to my mom. She would pray for me and she'd say, now go play, you're fine. Healthiest she ever been. Yep. And I'd be like, Okay, and I'd go play because I was fine. <laughs> and my friends would walk, would complain about stuff, or they would say, you know, things, and be like, "Well, let me pray for you; it gets better." You know, and, and you just, you just have, they have to have childlike faith. That's how we have to operate. And if you want to see it grow, you can't stand on what you don't know. It says we've all been given a measure of faith. And even the small measure of faith, if you speak to a mountain, it will be removed and be cast into the sea. And it says that we can't just be doers of the word. I can't just be hearers of the word, but we have to be doers as well. Or we'll deceive ourselves. This, your faith will grow as you see God move. It says that we're going to go from glory to glory to glory. And as you see God begin to do the things that you stand on, that you believe in for, then glory. And then you get to the next place. And you're going to go from, from good, better to best. But you have to know. You have to know what the Word says. If you don't know what's in here, you can't stand on it. So it's important to remind yourself daily to renew yourself to what the Word says. Because when you renew yourself to what the Word says, then you have something to stand on. But if you don't have something to stand on, then, you, then your faith won't grow. And you'll continue to live the same life that you're living right now. And nobody wants that. Nobody wants to stay right where they are. Everybody wants to go upward and onward, right? So if we want to see that, then we have to continually remind ourselves of what the Word says. And we have to continue to grow in faith, and we have to continue to grow in our seeking of who He is in the Word of God. If we want our faith to grow, we have to be in the Word. We have to step out. On, you know, you, you can't get stronger physically without exercising. You can't get stronger spiritually without exercising. And that takes you stepping out and doing what God has for you to do. Yeah, you know, I, I was sharing with this young person, and it was a wedding situation. And, and this has to do with faith because, because you don't understand that, that faith grows. You know, that if, if you continue to, I think we, we go through all of these books and people get a mentor and there's like, this whole packet of books, man. Yeah, but they're full of the word of God. <laughs> I, I don't like to read any more than you do. 
I mean, I, I, I get that. I understand that. But, but it says my help comes from the Lord. It comes from the Scriptures. It comes from those books. And it says my faith comes through by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So not only is it somebody talking to me, but it's the things that I read, the Word of God and the books that are based and founded on the Word of God. And as you continue to pour those things into your life, it will change you. And I was talking to this young person, and, and you know, this, this was a young kid, and, and I, was, I was asking them about timing and asking them about, you know, I, I understand she's for you and you're for him and all those things, but, you know, is right now the time? And let me just tell you about some of the struggles that I went through in my life and some of the things that have happened. And, and the response was, yeah, but you turned out fine. <laughs> and I said, I know I look great right now, dude. You're looking 20 years down the road, man. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, you weren't here with, you know, I mean, we, you know... <laughs> <laughs> okay, dude, whatever. <laughs> Amen. You're married. Let me sign the paper. Uh, they're doing great. They're doing really well. So, you know, maybe they knew more than I did. But, but the thing that I, 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 that I wanted you to see is that many people come to you and they might say the same thing. They're like, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just like you. I can appropriate things and I can do things. But they haven't, they haven't spent time in the Word. They don't know who God is. They don't know what the Scriptures say. They may have come in and they may have heard a thing or two and then they go out there. And you know, like, like, like the enemy said, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, John, Peter, Paul, Jesus, I mean, I know all those people, but who in the world are you? So you've got you've to grow in faith. You've got to be the person that does this. You can't, you can't allow somebody else's faith to carry you on. It doesn't work that way. You can't just speak something that you don't know. You can't just speak something that you don't believe. You just can't do something that you don't know God hasn't said for you to do. You have to be careful. and You have to really purpose in your heart that you're going to grow that you're going to follow after God. Because just like you and just like me, we face situations that don't line up with what this thing says. But if you don't know what it says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, that it says that while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are not seen are temporary, but the things which are seen are eternal. See, then you get your dauber down because all of a sudden you, you, know, you left here and you thought, God's good, He's going to take care of me and my finances and all these things, and you go out and you've got more bills to pay. You're like, that didn't work, that's stupid. Well, no, it does work. It works by faith. See, don't turn, don't turn off the word that quick. Don't turn away that quick. It, it takes time. It takes you standing in the word. It takes you learning. It takes you going through. God's very quick. He moves at the moment that you need it. When you, I mean, I'm telling you, He's very quick. But to us, it seems like an eternity. To Him, it's just, I'm just waiting for you to get it. Then when you get it, He does it. Very rarely have I had Him do it before I get it. <laughs> And almost never have I had him do it before I had to go through it. That you've got to go through it sometimes before he'll do it. Sometimes it's, a, it's an opportunity for you to grow and to, to have your faith built. And, th- and that's what we're all about. But in these places, God's going to take you to scriptures. He's going to take you to, to places in the word as you're expanding. And, and, and when you spend time in his word doing what he asks you to do, then you're going to get revelation of what those scriptures mean for you. And it's going to begin to build pillars or, or foundations that you can stand on. So I, I encourage you that, that, just as John said, you know, it, this is a process. And I don't think we ever finish with this process. I think that we continue to grow and we continue to build foundation. And we continue to build on that foundation. And we continue to go forward, upward. But... It's the revelations that God gives you as you read. You know, not just us standing up here and, and telling you scriptures, but as you pour through the word and as you take moments out of your day to hear what he has to say, then it becomes the revelation that you can stand on. Yeah. 
You know, and, and I know it sounds like we talk about mentoring and VBI and all these things a lot, but really, truly, it's because those are the things that have changed all of our lives. I can't quite tell you to do something that somebody else did. I can only share with you the experiences and the things that I've experienced in my life. And, and the Word of God has changed me. It's changed Elizabeth, changed pastors Pam and Bill. It's changed each of you to the extent that you've appropriated it, used it, and, and had a revelation of it in your life. It, it will not fail you. It will not falter to you. You can follow after the things that God has for you. He will never let you down. He'll never let you down. He'll always be with you. He'll never leave you, and He'll never forsake you. Next week, we'll talk a little bit about the power of the Holy Spirit, about hearing His voice and how important it is to the believer. We'll talk about healing and share a couple stories from our life, you know, one that's very dear to our heart as we talk about some things that we've gone through in that area of our life. Then we'll begin to talk about the abundant, victorious life that we live in Christ, that, that we are an exciting, happy, prosperous bunch Woo. of people in this church Amen. who not only go to victory, but live in victory. Woo. Amen. Let's stand Amen. up together. Praise God. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.